This evening, we've been very, very privileged to have an array of special music that has been presented to us for one purpose and one purpose alone, and that is to praise and exalt our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And tonight, we're very thankful that many of you who have come, you came here tonight because someone loved you and cared for you enough to invite you to be here because we want you to receive something special from all this. Our theme tonight as we've concluded the, the, uh, the selection of songs has been entitled Still the Same. As Brother Daniel Van Gelderen said a little bit earlier, Hebrews 13.8 says very specifically, wonderfully, and in a comforting way, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We live in a world of rapid change. Technology is changing quickly. Financial markets are changing. Weather changes. I think about right now the people over in Florence, North Carolina, experiencing great hurricanes. And those in some of the coastal areas are experiencing that. Seasons change. People change jobs. People change locations. Friendships change. Health changes. Churches change. We change. We get older. We're not getting any younger. But there's still some comfort in spite of all that. And that comfort tonight is knowing that God's Son, Jesus Christ, is still the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, who loved, who healed, who forgave, and gave himself on the cross for your sins and mine, and rose him from the, from the dead, is still the same. He's not a mythical figure found in the New Testament scriptures, in the Old Testament scriptures. He's not just a historical person. Jesus Christ who died for your sins and mine, is still the same. The Jesus who touched the lives of people who were rejected, who were hurting, who were hopeless, people who were desperate, people who were broken, people who are sinners like you and I in need of God's forgiveness, that Jesus is still the same. He's still the same today. He's still the same working as he did through the music tonight and working in your heart and mine. Number one this evening as we close, Jesus Christ is still the same in his love for you. Brother Daniel quoted it, and I believe those of us who know the verse never get over this, this thought. The Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world. And I'm thankful it's not a limited world. I'm thankful that it's not just one particular group of people. The Bible says God so loved the world. You know, the world is made up of 7.6 billion people, a lot of different people, a lot of different thinking, a lot of different hearts. But in spite of all that, God still loves the world. He loves the world as much today, if not more so, than the day that that was written in the Gospel of John. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and real love, true love, sacrificial love, unconditional love is demonstrated in only one way, and that is through the act of giving. Now, you can give a little, or you can give it all. And I'm thankful tonight to tell you, friend, that God gave his all when he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to be the Savior of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but of everlasting life. Jesus is still the same in his love. He loves the unlovable. He loves you in spite of the fact you can never outlove him. He loves you in spite of the fact of whatever your past or background may be. Maybe you come from a background 
where you're incredibly insecure, you feel like you can't get enough love, you feel like nobody loves you, I've got a good word of cheer for you tonight. The God in heaven, through his son Jesus Christ, loves you exclusively. And it might be just tonight that God is wrapping his wonderful, sovereign arms around you to let you know tonight that he loves you. Jesus Christ is still the same in his love. But Jesus Christ, number two tonight, is the same in his mercy towards you and me. You know, when we think of the word mercy, many thoughts might come to your mind. But when I think of the word mercy, I think of it in a judicial, legal setting. Under mercy, someone has been declared guilty of a crime, guilty of something that they're deserving of punishment of. That person doesn't want to be punished. That person doesn't want to undergo affliction. They don't want to have to pay a penalty. They want mercy. When they stand before a magistrate and before a judge, they don't want to be declared guilty. They don't want to pay a fine. They don't want to be assessed a penalty. They don't want to be condemned. They don't want to be on death row. They don't want to be in jail for the rest of their life. They want mercy. And this evening, when I think about Jesus Christ, he's the same in his mercy. We have to ask the question tonight, why do we need mercy? Well, very simply, because we're all sinners. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Oh, man, the music tonight was over the top. Amen? I mean, I'm, tonight the music, if it did anything, it touched our hearts that God is real. God is alive. God is worthy to be praised. But you know what the, the blessing about all the music, the music tonight, whether it's instrumental or vocal or combined, I pointed to one thing, and that is this, that God is holy, and God expresses his holy through what we call the glory of God. God's glory is his holiness. We, don't, we can't grasp it. We don't understand it. We have a member of our church whose son, adult son, is a very, very suffering situation right now. He has a trauma to his brain, They've had to take the skull cap off. He's in a completely sterile environment in a hospital. It was until this today. They, they actually released him, but he's in a very, still in a very sterile situation. I wanted to visit this family and visit the son in the hospital. They told me the last two weeks, they said, Pastor, you can't come. He's in a sterile environment. Anybody coming into that room might bring just one germ that could kill him. And I think in, our, in our, just our limited way of thinking, that helps me to have a better appreciation of the holiness of God. Because sin cannot come into the presence of God. Sin is anything that we've done wrong. Sin is disobedience to God. And here's how the Bible tells us and describes our sin nature. Because, you know, there's good people in this room. Moral people. Good fathers and good mothers and good marriages and good children. There's a lot of good people. But here's, here's the challenge tonight. There's not enough good in us that will satisfy the sin debt that we owe to God. Our sin brings us short of the glory of God. God is here. You and I are right here. No matter how many things we try to add to what we are, no matter how good we might be, no matter how much money you might give to charity, no matter how many organizations you, you belong to, 
they, that won't change your status. God is still here, and you and I are still here. There's nothing we can do to get up to the glory of God because we are short of the glory of God. That's like being told, applying for medical school and being told you did not pass. Or that's like being told that you are applying for a job promotion, and you've worked yourself to death to get that promotion, only to be told you came short of that glory. Worse than coming short of a job promotion. Worse than coming short of not getting into the college of your choice is knowing that we come short of the holiness, the great essence of the God who made us, the God who is alive, the God over all creation. And because we're sinners, God must punish sin. We have a set of law. We have our, our, our laws here in this land. And our laws in this land and other countries describe the degrees in which certain disobedience or breaking of the laws are punished. All of those laws find their roots back in the Word of God because there must be a standard. There must be some kind of standard we fall by. And we look at the Mosaic Law and it became a standard for many, many of the legal systems around the world. But I want to tell you this, this evening, dear friend, God in heaven with a broken heart must punish sin. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Death is separation. Hardest thing about death is knowing you'll be separated from a loved one that you'll not see again in this life. Separation's painful. Separation causes us grief. Separation makes us sorrowful. Separation through death alters your life and changes you. And for many who've gone through that valley, they're not the same. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Can you imagine this? It's a hard thing to be separated from someone you love when they pass away. Can you imagine this tonight? The God of creation who loves you and me, who sent his son Jesus Christ to die for your sins and mine. Can you, be, can you imagine and fathom your mind being separated from God for all eternity, forever and forever and forever? To spend your entire eternal the rest of all eternity, a terrible place called hell, because you chose not to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to save you from your sins. The wages of sin is death. And that's a terrifying thing. But even though sin must be punished, I'm thankful tonight God found a way to punish sin so that you and I could receive his mercy. You see, tonight, the just God that he is looks at Alan Fong. He doesn't care I'm a pastor. He doesn't care what my background is. He doesn't care how old I am. He doesn't care about my pedigree. He doesn't care about who, who my parents are. He doesn't care about those things. What he cares about is one thing. He cares about me. And God doesn't want Alan Fong to go to hell and punish Alan Fong for his sin. Because you know what God did to prove his love? To show us how awesome he is and how great he is? And so how different God is from us? God chose to take his only son, and he punished his son, Jesus Christ, for your sins and mine. Jesus Christ is what the Bible calls the just, dying for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Can you understand this tonight? The mercy of God is found in the fact Jesus took your place and mine in dying for our sins. He paid the price. He satisfied all of God's righteous demands 
when he died on the cross for your sins and mine. He not only was our sacrifice, he was the only perfect substitute that could take our place. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, but God, and by the way, whenever there's a problem in life, I thank God for those two words, but God, God is the difference. But God commendeth or proved his love for us, and that while we were yet sinners, sinners who need to be punished, Christ died for us. He took our place, just like that story that Brother Van Gelderen told about John Griffith. That little boy died so that 400 people could live. But far greater than that, as tragic as that story is, the most tragic story that will ever be found is that the perfect creator and the perfect God, the eternal God, sent his only begotten son. He was God who became man, like you and me, yet without sin. And he took our place and he died for your sins and mine. God showed his love for us in that way. And so when we consider that, here's the good news about mercy. Even though the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Here's mercy. Alan Fong deserves to be punished. He's a sinner. Send him away for eternity in all of hell. Jesus Christ, God's son, comes and takes my place. He dies for my sin. And God crosses out that X, puts an X across my life and says, no, you don't have to be punished. If you put your faith and trust in my son, Jesus Christ, you can be spared for all of eternity, spending eternity now. And guess what? The judge who must judge me now is exercising mercy because you know what? As I stand before the courtroom of God, God says I extend mercy to you. You are cleared, exonerated, and expunged from all of your sins. Wow. Wow. Mercy is what we want. Mercy is what you want tonight. Mercy is what you want from a God who wants to save you. Why? Because salvation is not something you have to work for. It is the gift of God. Do you get it? It's a gift. It's free. It's free. The gift of God. It's not a birthday cake, though that might be nice, amen? The gift of God is not a Rolex watch, though that might be nice. The gift of God is not a new car, though you might need that. No, the greatest thing about the gift of God, the gift of God is what we need most. That is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, Jesus Christ is still the same as love, and he's still the same as mercy. And Jesus Christ is still the same as the choir and orchestra testified in the Falls Baptist Church ensemble testified Jesus Christ the same in his forgiveness and this gift of eternal life you see the gift of eternal life is a package that covers everything up in that package God promises us heaven can be ours for all of eternity in that gift he packages up he tells us that we are forgiven of all our sins. You know what's nice, what's great about Jesus Christ dying on the cross for your sins and mine? God judged our sins on him. And when he judged our sins on him, they satisfied God's, he satisfied God's demands once and for all, all of there, and every sin, past, present, and future, is forgiven right there on the cross. That's wonderful. And he forgives us. He gives us eternal life. And get this, watch this tonight. He brings you into his family. You belong to the perfect family, the family of God. We're not perfect people, but we have a perfect God and a perfect Father. When he brings you into that family, here's what he says. To as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, 
even to them that believe on his name. So as now as I finish this up, here's, the, here's the, how we pull it all together. Jesus Christ is still the same in receiving sinners to be saved. He's still the same in accepting people like you and me to call on him in faith to be your Savior. Let me tell you tonight how the gift of eternal life, that package of forgiveness, eternal life, and become a part of the family of God can be yours tonight. Can I tell you how to do that tonight? The way you do it is through faith, by believing on God's Son, Jesus Christ. You say, well, I do believe that. Well, you believe in God, the Bible says, but you must believe also me, Jesus Christ said. And here's, the, here's how it happens. In Romans 10, chapter 10, verse 9, it says this. It says, that if thou or you shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now, here's how we exercise faith. He's telling us there, through simple prayer, we call on the Lord and invite him in my heart. Now, notice he uses some choice words, that thou should confess with thy mouth. Now, there must be confession. Tonight, we must confess that we're sinners. I know there's good people here tonight, but did you know one sin can keep you out of heaven? Just one sin. Just like one cancer cell could spread throughout your body and ravage your body. One sin can keep you out of heaven. Confession is just being real with God. Confession is being honest and transparent with God, saying, God, I know that I'm a sinner who needs to be saved. Now, I don't know how the Lord spoke to you tonight, but you know what your sins are, and I know what mine's are. I asked a lady one day I was talking to and sharing the gospel with her and telling her how she'd be saved. I said, ma'am, would you like to talk about your sins? She said, oh, no, we're not going there. And that's exactly how we feel tonight, amen? We're not going to go there, but we know what it's all about. And we confess with our mouth. You know what we're saying? Maybe tonight the Lord has already begun tugging your heart. You're saying, Pastor Fong, I want to receive this gift. I want, I want to believe and ask Jesus. And here's what he's saying. Why do we have to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart? Because what you believe in your heart is not real until you tell somebody with your mouth. Let me use an example. A man and woman are about to get married. They already know they love each other. They know they love each other, and they decide, you know what, I want to be, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person in marriage. And so they arrange with a, 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 a pastor to, be mar to marry them, and they ask the pastor to marry them, and they, you know, all that, that thing. And so they, they have a marriage ceremony, and at that marriage ceremony, the man and the woman are standing next to each, across from each other. The pastor's presiding over that. He's leading them in the marriage covenant, and part of that marriage covenant are the vows they're going to exchange with each other. Now, here's what they're doing with their vows. As they stand through their vows that I take you to be my husband, I take you to be my wife, you know what they're saying? They're saying with their mouth what they already believe in their heart. That thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. You know in your heart of hearts tonight that you want to be saved, that you want to be a part of God's family, that you want God's love to be real in your life. It's not real till you take Jesus Christ as your Savior. And heaven's not real until you take Jesus Christ to be your Savior. How do I take him? Right there. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. God has raised from the dead. And here's God's eternal promise. Thou shalt be saved. I'm thankful he said shalt and not might. Amen? There's no doubt about that. It's unquestionable. Thou shalt be saved. And so tonight, my greatest prayer for you this evening, would you call on Jesus tonight to be your savior. Tonight could be the beginning of the greatest turning point of your life. Tonight could be the night that you're born into God's family and become a child of God. I wanna help you tonight, would you let me do that? I spend my life as a pastor for one purpose only, that's to help people. 
I want to help you. I want to be your pastor, but before I can be your pastor, I would encourage you tonight, I'd like for you to trust Jesus Christ, God's Son, to be your personal Savior, right where you're at tonight, right where you're seated, in the privacy of your own seat, you can call on the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Savior, that if thou should confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thy heart, God's raised from the dead, thou should be the same. When we read the New Testament, Jesus Christ helped many people to believe on him. And tonight, that same Jesus invites you this evening to believe on him, to have your sins forgiven, and become a child of God. Let me help you tonight. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes in prayer. Let me help you tonight. Let's close our, bow our heads and close our eyes in prayer. In your heart of heart, if you know this evening, today is the day that you should call on the Lord to save you from your sins and to give you the gift of eternal life. I'm going to lead you in a prayer so you don't feel like you're under the gun, you're not sure what to say. Would you let me lead you in a prayer that you can pray with me? I'll go very slowly. A prayer that you can pray right where you're seated, where you can call on the Lord Jesus Christ to save you from your sins. Here's the prayer. Would you follow me and make this your prayer tonight? Dear Heavenly Father, I confess this evening I am a sinner who needs to be saved. I repent of all my sins and believe in my heart that your son Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose again from the dead. I take Jesus right now by faith into my life to be my Savior, my God, and the best friend I could ever have. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of eternal life, for the forgiveness of sins, and taking me into your family. In Jesus' name. With your head still bowed and eyes closed, would you help me tonight and encourage me this evening? If this evening you just prayed and took the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Savior, would you be out of courage? Would you just let me know by raising your right hand and say, Pastor Fong, I want you to know tonight that I trusted your son, Jesus Christ as my Savior. I just prayed with you and asked Christ to save me. How many tonight would raise their right hand and say, Pastor, God spoke to me tonight, and I prayed and asked to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. How many tonight? Hands going up. How many would raise their right hand and say tonight, I took Jesus Christ this evening to be my Savior. I prayed and asked the Lord to save me. God bless you. Who else this evening? See hands going up. Who else this evening? You'd say, I took Jesus Christ, God's Son, to be my Savior. Thank you, ma'am. Who else? Thank you, ma'am. Who else? Who else tonight would say, this evening, Pastor Fong, I prayed and took God's Son, Jesus Christ, to be my Savior. Who else this evening would say unashamedly, I took Jesus tonight. To this evening, I know that God spoke to my heart and I received him tonight. Who else this evening? Who else this evening would say tonight, I've taken God's Son, Jesus Christ, to be my Savior. We'll wait just a moment. Don't be ashamed this evening. Don't be, I'm asking you tonight not to put you in the spot, but it helps me to know that the Lord touched your heart. And I want the privilege to be able to minister and to help you this evening. Anyone, anyone else tonight? All around the Orient, back and front, in the middle, anywhere else. Who else this evening? Heavenly Father, we're so thankful tonight 
that we've not been entertained, but Lord, we've been introduced to the fact that you love us. Your son, Jesus Christ, died for our sins and rose again from the dead. It's all about Jesus, who is our Savior, Jesus, who forgives, Jesus, who heals, Jesus, who's worthy to be praised, Jesus, who's still the same. Thank you for encouraging our hearts tonight through the ministry of music and through the song, through the message. Tonight, Lord, it's been a wonderful, compact evening, but one that we will remember and treasure. Thank you for all the diligent effort and preparation went into it. And now be glorified through decisions that were made tonight. We ask this evening you'll be glorified and pleased. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, tonight as we wrap up our program, thank you tonight for joining us as a guest or visitor and a regular attendee. 